Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Hello, this is Ed. I'm here for the Faith in Kids podcast. I hope whole families are listening to what we're doing. That's what we are for. We hope whether you're three all the way up into your teens, we're for you. Aren't we, Jam? We certainly are. It's great to be back for episode two of the Faith in Kids podcast in this little mini-series in Two Peter. It's the tricky letter that we hope to make more manageable for you. We're going to start with a whip around question. When did you last see something amazing you told someone and they didn't believe you? Now, I've got two of these just to start off with. One I might have mentioned before is when a piece of toast jumped so high out of the toaster, it landed on its edge on top of the toaster. I took a photograph of it and people still didn't believe me. But there was another time when I flipped a pound coin. It landed on its edge. I've never told anyone this before because there's no point because no one would believe me. It landed on its edge, rolled along towards the side of the table, and then just stopped. It wasn't Jam. heads, it wasn't tails, it was edge. And I don't think anyone believes me. But of course you believe me, Ed, don't you? Jam, I do believe you. You are living the best life. I know. This is In my 46 years, those two amazing things, and that's it. So in your families, when have you told someone else something so amazing they actually don't believe you? We've set the bar quite high there, Jam. Yeah. Off you go. What would yours be, Ed? I, I have nothing to compete with that. Oh, sorry, have I got into your eye?
How did you get on? Um, I might have set the bar a bit high there. Sorry about that. Ed, why? <laughs> because let's be honest, toast landing on its edge. That's crazy talk. I know, I know. I should try and find the photograph. It might be on an old phone that's now in a drawer. Ed, why are we talking about things happening and no one believing you? It's because today we're answering the question, how does God help me? And we're going to find out it's in the Bible that is true. But the things we read in the Bible sometimes seem unbelievable. They really do seem very strange. I think it's time for fun facts, which are entitled, It Sounded Crazy, But They Were Right All Along. (laughs) You're sensing a theme here, Ed. I love the theme. Yeah. People used to go out exploring and bringing things back to, to the UK, telling stories of stuff they'd seen and nobody believed them. Nobody believed them when they said, we've seen an animal and it's called the duckbill platypus. In fact, it's not an animal. It's a mammal. Oh, it lays eggs. So that's not even the weirdest thing about the duckbill platypus. It has the bill of a duck, the tail of a beaver, and venomous spines attached to its webbed feet. Scientists got a look at it in the 18th century. Um, in fact, it was in Australia. They found one and sent one back to Britain. But they thought it was a joke. They thought it was a hoax. They thought someone had lashed together pieces of an animal and created this fake animal. Pieces of duck, yeah. beaver, yeah. and webbed feet. Yeah. And, and then eventually, in the 1860s, a scientist called George Bennett saw living ones in the wild. He studied them in great detail and eventually convinced them that these were not made up, but they were true and that they were actually animals. Can you imagine that? The reality is, Jam, the unbelievable stuff is way more fun than everything else. Exactly. When people want to believe it, but they won't. But here's the last thing. We're back to Peter, who's the fisherman. Yes. Fishermen for centuries have talked about huge sea creatures giant squid and everyone said there's no such thing as a giant squid these are obviously made up fishermen are obviously uh, making it up but uh, that was until 2006 when a japanese scientist from the national science museum caught a live 24 foot female giant squid so a giraffe is 19 feet high but the squid is even longer than that it was absolutely enormous and it turned out that those fishermen were right all along Giant squid. Yep. 24 feet long. Yeah. Do you believe in them? Well, there we go. You don't need to believe in them because they're real. They're true. You can actually see them. And now they get washed up on the beach uh, in Japan. Now, we have another fisherman who saw something amazing. And we're going to have a sketch about him. This is Peter, our friend who wrote this letter. And he goes up a mountain with Jesus for an event called the Transfiguration. So I wrote a sketch about it, which was recorded in front of a live audience of hundreds of people at Word Alive earlier this year. Let's have a listen. Now, it's almost like we live through the transfiguration with our walking and our shining like lightning. Now we're going to imagine what happened next. Peter and John walked down the mountain. They'd seen Jesus shine. What did they say? What did they talk about next? Here we go. John, I'm just telling you, they are not going to believe that we saw Jesus transmogrified, transcendentalized. Transfigured. Transfigured. Look, I know how to say the word transfigured, Mm. but it's not a thing normal people are ever going to understand. There's only one person in the whole history of mankind Mm. who has been transfigured, and that's Jesus. Yeah, well, it's really quite simple. Right. It just means that Jesus was there and his clothes were dazzling white. 
But no one is going to believe we really saw it happen. Yeah, mad, really. But at least I held it together. (laughs) You started gibbering like a maniac. What was it you said to Jesus? Oh, yeah, Rabbi, why don't we build three shelters? One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. No, I know. (laughs) It all came out loud. I'm a verbal processor. But then, out of the sky came the booming voice. This is my son. With him I am well pleased. How are we going to tell people about that? That what, we just heard God speaking while we were up a hill? But, but they've got to believe us. There were five people who saw it. Five? How do you make five? Yeah, me. Yes. Uh, you. Yes. My brother James. Yes. Moses and Elijah. Oh, Moses and Elijah. Okay, let's just imagine for a moment that people are totally on board with mm-hmm. transfigured. Trans- and they don't yes, have a huge yeah. issue with the speaking from there because, okay, Jesus has walked on okay. water and healed the sick. Yeah. So they get all of that. Yeah, so what's but- the problem? Moses has been dead for thousands of years. But but I saw Moses and so did you and so did Elijah. Oh, Elijah. How long has he been dead for? But strictly speaking, he didn't actually die, did he? Oh, best exit in the Bible ever. Chariot of fire. Mic drop moment. Watch him go. But then people are never going to think he just makes a guest appearance in the afternoon with you and I. But they've got to believe it. I saw it happen. Yeah, okay, okay, fair point. You and I were there. Yeah. We saw it with our own eyes. Let's just whack it down. Yeah. And yeah. see what people make of it. Yeah, someone's got to write it down. I'm sure they will. I'm sure and they when will. they write it yeah. down, they won't put in that bit where I just start babbling about shelters, <laughs> would they? I'm going to look a right idiot. Oh, no. I'm sure they'll leave that bit out. It's <laughs> fine. Because if they did read that for thousands of years, they'd be like, Peter's the idiot. Hmm. Yeah, don't worry. I think people just need to get to know you and they find that out anyway. Yeah, I know. No, that still doesn't work, John. In Peter's letter, we're about to read a little of it and you'll hear that Peter talks about the transfiguration. Listen carefully. Where does he talk about the transfiguration here? We're in 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 16 to 17. We have told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What we told you were not just smart stories that someone invented, but we saw the greatness of Jesus with our own eyes. Jesus heard the voice of God, the greatest glory. That was when Jesus received honour and glory from the Father. The voice said, This is my Son and I love him. I am very pleased with him. Will moved house when he was about five years old. He left behind a class where he was really popular, where everyone knew Will. In his new school, no one knew who he was. First day at school, oh, hard business walking into year one when you know not one person in the school. Suddenly, you've got to start all over again. Everyone else has made friends and you haven't. Tough times for Will. Feeling like you're the last one someone wants to talk to. No one knows your name. When he comes home, do you know what he needs to be told? He needs to be told that Jesus goes with him wherever he goes. He needs to hear that story. He needs to hear Jesus promised, I'm with you to the very end of the age. He needs to hear how Jesus promised to send the Spirit to him. You see, right now in the middle of the mess, we need to know the answer to the question, 
how does God help me? On my best party day, he's not helping me, is he? He's not there for those days. Yes, he is. He's always helping us on the best days, on the worst of days. He's telling us the truth in his word, the Bible. The promises we read in the Bible are what we need to get through the worst of days. How does God help me? He tells me the truth in the Bible. The story of Jesus' life is full of mad stories, healing people with diseases that even modern medicine can't fix, like blindness. He fixes blindness. He controls creation, water into wine, calming the storm, getting a coin in a fish's mouth. Peter says here, however they sound, we didn't make them up. We were eyewitnesses. Let's listen. He said, what we told you were not just smart stories that someone invented, but we saw the greatness of Jesus with our own eyes. He's talking here about the transfiguration, because if we believe the transfiguration when Jesus was, as he one day will be when we meet him, we realize he is the son of God. If we believe Peter, we know Jesus is the rescuing king, the promised king, the final king, the forever king. If we believe Peter, then we can trust Jesus through the worst of times. Do you see that? Because Peter wrote it down. He wrote down what he saw. If you want to know what really happened, if you want to know why we believe, why we trust, why we're so certain Jesus is the one we need, we read our Bibles. Peter, who wrote this letter, the one in front of us, he ate sandwiches with Jesus. He went fishing. He went on walks. He went on boat trips. Peter told jokes with Jesus. Do you think he kicked a ball with Jesus? Now, he went up that mountain with James and with John, and he saw these things happen. Peter saw it with his own eyes. He saw Jesus become like like a shining, dazzling hero. He blurted out, quick, shall I make some tents for you, Moses and Elijah? He knew he'd said it. He was there. He was the one blurting out nonsense. He was the one who fell on his face in fear. Jesus was literally brilliant shining, chatting with people from the Old Testament. God spoke and told them to listen to his son. That's what we just read. Peter remembered the voice that said, this is my son and I love him. This is Jesus. God loves him. We can listen to him. We can read the Bible. We can trust the Bible. For the worst of times, find out what God is telling us. Get someone to tell you, what's the best bit of the Bible to read when I'm feeling like this? Let me pray. Dear Father, I thank you that you help us. I thank you that you help me. I thank you that you help the person sitting listening to this. Because you tell us the truth in the Bible and it's not just words on a page. I thank you that by your spirit it speaks into the tears. It speaks into the things that we're stuck on. It speaks into the I wish this wasn't happening. It tells us and by your spirit you change how we're thinking and how we're feeling. Father, please help us to reach for the Bible in the worst of times and in the best of times. Thank you that you speak the truth. Amen. Amen. And as always, 
Ed's got questions. Under fives, where does your Bible live? So in your home, where is it? Five to sevens, what is your favourite Bible story? Go on, what is it? Over eights, can you tell me the Bible story you would turn to when you are sad? And finally, over elevens, tricky one, tell me the Bible story you would turn to when you're happy. There is one, there's loads. You can talk about those now, in which case hit pause. Or you can keep listening and you'll get those questions again at the end. Because we're going to go uh, to our friend's awesome cutlery with this song called Who I Am. And in the chorus it says, I want to know who I am, so I'll listen to you. You are God and you tell me what's true. I love this song, Jam. Great, let's hear it. I am part of something beautiful. Placed by you with care among them all Every piece unique and different Your love shining through You're the artist, we're the image Made to be like you I want to know who I am, so I listen to you. You are God and you tell me what's true. I want to see who I'll be when you're working in me. You made us to show your glory. We're pretty much done, but I think we've had an email from someone and we're just going to give a bit of a shout out. Have we got Zane, Karen, William and Amelia listening? That's the Elliot family. They're on the South Island in New Zealand. I love that. They are literally on the other side of the world and somehow we've made it into their car. They listen to us on a Monday night after swimming and they have a ball. Wow. I wonder where you are and I wonder what's just happened. Do we sound better after swimming? Maybe we do. <laughs> Especially when you've got, like, you got water in your, in your ear and it won't come out. How, how are you listening to the show? Get in contact with us. How can they do that? Email. Podcast at faithinkids.org. Great. I think we're done. Looking forward to the next one, Ed. Oh, come back for the tricky letter. Isn't it much easier than you thought? Definitely is. Speak to you next time. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Let's have those questions again. Under fives, where does your Bible live? So in your home, where is it? Fives to sevens, what is your favourite Bible story? Go on, what is it? Over eights, can you tell me the Bible story you would turn to when you are sad? And finally, over elevens, tricky one. Tell me the Bible story you would turn to when you're happy. There is one. There's loads. Stuff.